Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... I'm wearing headphones, so I feel very like, I don't know. <laughs> I have to confess that I'm wearing my son's headphones. With... Oh my God, I'm wearing my son's headphones too. <laughs> oh, nice. I love it. The, ear, the ear things are so small. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, in the interest of being totally transparent, my three-year-old just walked into the bathroom and told me she needs me to wipe her in a second. So I'm going to make nice. small talk with you for a minute. And we are both familiar with this process. That is not the last you'll hear of that three-year-old. I gotta say, I've been soaking up these past few weeks, our last weeks of summer break. As you're hearing this, teachers have returned to our school building, and we're preparing to welcome students in a few days for a new school year. School's a special place, and a special space. And it takes the whole community of teachers and administrators and parents and students to make it so. Ensuring that all students feel welcome and safe and loved and seen is a top priority among the staff at my school, and for that I am so, so grateful. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 458. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Today I'm joined by Alexandra Penfold and Aaron Clark. Alex is the author of a new picture book inspired by a piece of art created by Suzanne Kaufman that went viral online throughout the Kidlet community. Suzanne is also the book's illustrator, and we'll hear from her in a special follow-up episode next week. Joining today also is Aaron Clark, Senior Executive Editor at Random House. Our subject over these next two weeks is All Are Welcome, a new picture book welcoming students of all races, ethnicities, beliefs, and backgrounds. Before we jump into the conversation, here's a quick word from our sponsors. This month, I'm excited to welcome our newest sponsor, the Little Feminist Book Club. Little Feminist wants to help you diversify your child's bookshelf. Each month, they send one to two books featuring characters of underrepresented backgrounds. Little Feminist spends months consulting with a team of educators, librarians, and parents to pick each book and create a suite of hands-on activities to accompany them. Whether it's treasure hunts or DIY musical instruments, the goal of the included activities is to make the stories come alive for both children and families. Raise good humans one children's book at a time by signing up at littlefeminist.com today. The Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by Gallery Nucleus, an art gallery and bookstore. On September 9th from 2 to 5 p.m., Nucleus will be hosting a signing with artist Scott C. and writer Drew Daywalt at their storefront outside Los Angeles, California to celebrate the books Sleepy the Goodnight Buddy and Adventures in Drawing. 
Come see Scott's original art from both books and enjoy fun activities. This free event is open to all ages. And if you can't make it to the signing, Gallery Nucleus is offering listeners 15% off your next purchase by entering in the promo code WONDER18. Visit gallerynucleus.com to discover more or click on the Gallery Nucleus banner at matthewcwinner.com podcast. And the Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by Storyteller Academy. Learn the art of storytelling from published authors, illustrators, and editors at Storyteller Academy. Listeners of the Children's Book Podcast are invited to a free mini class. Enroll today at storytelleracademy.com wonder or click on the Storyteller Academy banner at matthewcwinner.com podcast. Now, before we start the show, I do want to remind you that there's an appearance of a certain three-year-old from the Winter household that, that you may hear uh, make an appearance, and also you might hear her iPad in the background a little bit. But uh, we <laughs> love and embrace it all. So would you please join me in welcoming my guests, Alexander Penfold and Aaron Clark, author and editor of All Are Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, Alex Penfold and Aaron Clark. I'm glad that you both can join me today. Yay, delighted to be here, Matthew. Thank you for having us. Oh, I always like when we start with a yay. That's really good. That's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've talked to your counterparts already um, about this book with which we're going to talk about today. I've talked to Suzanne Kaufman and to Martha Rago about this beautiful, beautiful book called All Are Welcome. And you... Two, I know there are a lot of hands on this book, but 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 for our intents and purposes, you two are the other halves. So I would love first if we can make some introductions in case there are people listening that don't know you yet. Alex, would you mind introducing yourself to people listening and just a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do? Sure. My name is Alexandra Penfold, and I'm an agent at Upstart Crow Literary and also an author. In fact, the author of All Are Welcome, as we're discussing today. But I um, write books for children, and I also have co-written a cookbook called New York a la carte Recipes and Stories from the Big Apple's Food Fest food trucks with um, my collaborator, Siobhan Wallace. And um, I've been in, working in children's publishing for over 15 years now. I started at Simon & Schuster in the publicity and marketing department and then shifted over to editorial. And I was there for 10 years. And then I've been a children's book agent where I have the pleasure of working with many wonderful authors and illustrators, including actually Suzanne Kaufman, who is a friend, collaborator, and client. And an amazing, amazing human being. For anyone that Absolutely. knows. Absolutely. Boy, does she know oh, how to care about other people. Oh, she's so lovely. But I didn't know you've had such a storied life already in publishing and working in all those different facets. That's cool. Cool to know that. Oh, and I should say, because um, I don't think I've had a chance to say to you on record, that uh, I really love your food truck book. I think that's oh, one of you. the other books of yours that I've read, and I particularly love it, I should say, because we we have read it over and over and over, to the extent that my kids don't, they have seen food trucks, but don't know a whole lot about food trucks because of food allergies. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we have since talked about having a food allergy food truck. So <laughs> thank you, Alex, for writing a book. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, would be so great. Yeah, but great stuff. Great stuff. Anyway, welcome. Glad you're here. 
Ew. Aaron Clark, hi, welcome. Would you mind introducing yourself to everyone? You're a new face for me, and I'm excited to talk to you. Oh, well, um, I'm an editor at Knopf Books for Young Readers, which is an imprint of Random House Children's Books, and I have been here for 20 years. I can't believe it. But um, I um, am an editor here, and I work on everything um, from picture books, middle grade novels, young adult novels. Mm. I also dabble in nonfiction here and there, um, and I just love my job, so I'm that's why I've been here for so, so you, very long. You've been in that same position for that long. Well, I started as an assistant and, um, yeah, worked but, my way up. But that's cool, though, because 20 years is, is sort of one of those magic numbers. It means that you have seen um, authors and illustrators start careers and perhaps have a career with with your house. Yes, yeah. It's been incredible to watch people who, um, you know, come out with their first book and... Yeah. And now they're on their fifth or sixth, and um, it's it's one of the best parts of the job, working with authors like Alex, who are just incredible, and and it's um, it's fun to see you know what what sort of projects they want to work on next, and um, sometimes you think, well, I'm not sure if this is the right next book for them, but we'll see where it goes, and often it turns out to be the right thing. So it's incredibly exciting. It makes the job really interesting because. Um, there's always a variety of stuff that people are working on. And, you know, someday I'm working on a picture book about a puppy. And the next day I'm working on a young adult novel about, you know, a very serious topic of parental suicide or something mm. like that. So um, there's a big variety in the sort of books that I work on. What a varied job. Have you, find, have you found that you have sort of a, a taste? Do you tend to take on books that, I mean, I, I, I understand as an editor that you're taking on books that, uh, speak to you in that way but mm -hmm. um do you do you find that there's sort of a a certain voice or or focus that you that you focus on or that you're drawn to um it's hard to say i mean i i think i tend to work on more literary hmm. books um i work with marcus zuzak here is coming out with his next book in the fall i know he <laughs> man let me can, I, can we have a moment about marcus yes, zuzak please he was uh, in when I was, gosh, ages ago, um, when I was in my first year of teaching, uh, I was a classroom mm -hmm. teacher and felt called to be in the library. I'm a school librarian and mm -hmm. um, took a YA lit class. And one, I remember that one of the women in the class was like fanatical about him and he had just released uh, The Book Thief. Mm -hmm. And so um, I remember reading I Am the Messenger. I remember yeah. reading The Book Thief and just being like, who is this guy? This is amazing. And then I right. believe he, this is his first thing to be published since then, right? Yeah, it's awesome. been um, over 12 years in, wow. the, in wow. the waiting. So that has been a really interesting experience as an editor to, I mean, he's been working this whole time for 12 years on this book. So to wow. see someone ups and downs with it and I'm going to put it aside. I've had enough and, you know, then back in it and, um, it's it's really it's been incredible to watch and I'm so happy for him because it's it's such a beautiful book and such a gift and and I think he feels really happy and I think his family is so happy for oh. him. <laughs> well, and, and Alex, I would imagine and, that being an agent that you've also been with authors and illustrators that have been working on or spending that time with a certain manuscript until it's just right for years in that case, right? 
Oh, yes, absolutely. And I mean, it, it's, it, it feels really special to see someone, you know, take a project that they have such interest and passion in and really just work to hone it um, for sometimes, you know, months, sometimes years at a time. So with all of this experience with working with other people writing, it's it's cool, Alex, to know that you also do write. And in particular, with the story of All Are Welcome, I know it's got a pretty cool origin story. Do you mind? I would love, if you don't mind, I would love to hear it from your side. Having heard it from Suzanne, I um, was really excited to hear how it came together. Do you mind sharing? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, Suzanne, a number of, of, of months back, I believe it was December 2016, created this beautiful poster for her children's elementary school. Um, her kids attended a really diverse Title I school in Seattle um, that really reflected very a very similar population of the, the schools in my community in Brooklyn and the mm. schools my kids attend and have attended. Um, and she put it out on social media as just sort of a, a, a gift to kids and to teachers for everyone to know, everyone to feel, you know, in in times when when many people are, are afraid and, and not feeling welcome, that to know that their their school is a welcoming place for for all kids, for all families from everywhere. And um, I, I remember initially seeing her beautiful poster because, of course, she's my client, and I was so delighted to. <laughs> you follow to see her it on social media. And I follow her on social media, <laughs> and it went a little bit viral. Yeah, so it did. <laughs> it was. I mean, it just her her characters and her children are just so joyful and delightful, yeah. just like Suzanne. Um, and it really just struck me as, as reminding me, like I said, of, of, of my community and, and the kids and, and my children's lives. And, um, so I, you know, I'd seen it and take note of it and, and whatnot, but it, it just sort of continued being out there and schools kept putting it on doors and stuff. Yeah, and then, yeah. In um, you know January of of the next year, um, my my uh, our school uh, in in Brooklyn got you know a letter from from the chancellor basically saying that you know please your your children are are welcome in in our school your children are safe here please send your children to school um, for families that have concerns about uh, immigration status just letting them know that their their kids are going to be safe in schools and it really struck me um that uh so many friends of my children so many kids that they that they went to school with I, I wanted them to um feel safe in their school but also really see a school that looks like theirs and I wanted kids whose schools might not be as diverse to to see a different sort of school. So, um, I just, you know, her around the same time, her poster actually popped back up in my social media feed and, things are what to do. And, you know, I just felt so inspired by the message of her poster that I wanted to create something for students and teachers from from all different backgrounds, no matter where they're from, um, to feel seen and to feel loved in their school, and that would reflect the beautiful school community that my kids have been fortunate to go to, where they feel welcome, where their friends feel welcome, um, where you know the school really very much takes the approach and motto "one family" um, to heart. Well, to 
take that um, refrain, that mantra, that that line, all are welcome, and to use it as as a heartbeat throughout the story, as the driving force, the sound, the line that we come back to over and over, um, stanza by stanza, I thought was so loving. And I guess, I guess as a teacher, what I saw in it was, was how you need to say these messages a lot for people to hear them. Um, and for people to believe them and just all of these, um, examples or counterexamples that you offer just to show in every choice we make in everything we do, we can demonstrate to one another that, that we're welcome, that we're, that we have a place at the table, that we all have a place. Um, I was really, I, I had the same problem talking to Suzanne. Um, I have a hard time communicating how much this book means to me because I see my, I see my like 500 children, in this book and and I see for all of children's literature how so many of us are trying hard to remind our kids that the world isn't always safe but that there are safe people in safe places in the world and to know that um, Suzanne's work was doing that job and that it reached you and that you also felt like adding to that message and then Aaron you found um, a role in this particular book uh, as well, I just, um, it's a big thing you're doing with this book, I guess is, is where I want to land you. on that. And it's, it, and it, you. and it's done well. Thank you so much. Aaron, what? I, oh, go ahead. No, sorry. Oh, I just, you know, I felt like I want kids, no matter sort of where they're coming from or what they're feeling, whether it's new school jitters or feeling like, do I belong here to know that they belong? Um, and to, uh, to feel so deeply that their classroom is the place for them, that their school is a place for them and that they, they have a, a part and a stake in this community. And it's a community that loves them because I think, you know, especially those early elementary years are so important at kindling a love of learning. And there's so many, I mean, what's been incredible with, with this book is, um, talking to teachers and having teachers reach out and say, you know, what the book has meant to them and what Mm. they're planning to do with it to um, provide reassurance and and kick off their year in a great way for their, their students. And I feel so honored to be part of that. I know, but let's not also forget as I have it on my heart, that this is a book that needs to be shared with teachers as well so that we Mm -hmm. can all remind ourselves and get ourselves on the same page to serve these children the right way. There are kids that are hard to teach. They come from hard backgrounds that we can't understand because we have had certain privileges in some of our mm-hmm. lives that we haven't, that, you know, that have afforded us not having to be under some of their circumstances. Likewise, we've gone through stuff that hopefully they will never have to go through. But, but to be reminded that we need to approach these children with a sense of welcoming them, um, every day through their hardships through their challenges when they are pushing us away we still need to pull them close you know it's mm-hmm. it's uh it's a thing it's it's maybe it's that it feels like you get it and that's what yeah. maybe that, uh-huh. there's a lot of things like that it just feels like you get it and i like it erin can i turn to you for a second sure when 
and how and and where and all of those W's did you get involved with this book? Is this something that you've worked with Alex before and that she like had this idea for you or this like golden manuscript was just glowing on your desk? Like, (laughs) tell me, tell me how you got involved here. I think it was a little bit of everything. So (laughs) Alex and I have worked together before. Um, The first picture book that I worked on with Alex um, was a book that she wrote called Eat, Sleep, Poop. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> a new baby joining a household. I think just yeah. by with this experience of what babies do when they're first born. They eat, sleep, and poop. Um, <laughs> and it's it's a wonderful book. And so it was so fun to work on. Um, and, you know, Alex and I have talked about uh, other manuscripts and, um, you know, other directions that she could go in. But her agent sent me this book and um this manuscript and you know when it when something comes from alex i opened it immediately and i just i think i cried when i first read this text and um you know i think as you guys have hit upon it's such an emotional experience reading a book like this and how hugely important it is and at the same time it is incredibly accessible kid-friendly wonderful um you know, it's not too lofty in its sort of in its message. It's just totally true and and kid friendly. And and then when I saw Suzanne's poster, I just knew immediately this is a book that, first of all, is absolutely necessary in the world, mm. but that I desperately wanted to publish here. Um, so I had never worked with Suzanne before, but she had illustrated um, a couple of picture books with colleagues of mine. Um, and I, you know, I had admired her work and loved her kids and her colors and just the sense of fun and play in her work. So I was really excited to um, have the opportunity to work with her. And yeah. she is just as incredible as a person as her art is. <laughs> I've, I've loved getting to know her and, um, and you know, working with, Al- continuing to work with Alex is always such a, a wonderful pleasure. Not not to mention the wonderful cookies and pies. <laughs> you know, it's a good benefit. Well good done. Benefit. You know, I... Anytime Alex comes to the office, it's such a treat for all of us. People... Not because she is just incredibly warm and lovely and, and interesting to talk to, but she also often brings baked goods. I like that. Yes, I don't like to come empty-handed. <laughs> well, listeners will hear this on the other on the other episode, the the companion episode, but Suzanne is this individual who has sort of an unrelenting attention to detail. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I find from just calling her a friend and having conversations with her that she, she wants so deeply to get it right to get yeah. in this case, this particular case to get the representation, right. To get things mm-hmm. balanced, to, to not be appropriating anything but to be representing fairly and, and lovingly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the the extent to which she has put detail into these illustrations, I think, is just unparalleled. I don't. I, I think the more that I've read it and the more that I've looked closely, the more um, the more the it's it's not unlike looking closely at a school and yeah. just yeah. everything being yeah. revealed. I and go the ahead. great thing about it is it looks so effortless too. It's so playful and fun that you don't. You know, I think some work you look at, some artwork you look at, and you, you see that, you know, painstaking attention to detail and that sort of thing. But with Suzanne's work, which I, what I think makes it so perfect for picture books is that there is that level of detail. And I think 
kids and adults alike will love pouring over this book. Yeah. But it is so fun and 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 just effortless. It's just I know how much work she put into it, and every time <laughs> she would send a revised sketches martha and i would just spend time pouring over mm. oh look at this new detail look at the, oh she just added this oh my god <laughs> it's but, um, yeah it's one of those wild stories that you can follow in this class of children that we're seeing you can follow every single child through the entire mm-hmm. book and see yes. not only their story or their day but also their family mm-hmm. um and that it just says so much um i I want to get to your words, Alex, because they are beautiful, and I want to make sure people have a chance to hear them. But I didn't want to gloss over the fact that, Erin, you mentioned that Alex has an agent. And I don't know why that struck me as surprising, but I think it's kind of cool to know, Alex, that you are an agent and have an agent. I do, yeah. So, I I mean, I've been with my agent. As I mentioned, I wrote a cookbook, and that was actually... Um, the, my first published work, I used to do a lot of food writing and Mm. recipe developing kind of on the side of my editorial career. It was sort of a really fun outlet doing something different and creative. And as you know, I like to bake. So, um, the food writing came pretty naturally. And so my, my agent, um, is Susan Ginsburg from Writer's House and I love her dearly and she represented my cookbook and um, represented me before I became an agent and when I decided to make the career change and switch over to agenting um, I, I talked to her and she said well I'm going to keep representing you and we're going to keep selling books and I was <laughs> like this is great because I was a little nervous like I don't know do you still want to represent me if I am an agent but um, the agent community is so collegial and I just love Susan and she's everything that that I want in in, an agent for myself she feels all I think the agent author relationship is really personal and um you know she's a wonderful colleague mentor and friend and um so I'm, I'm delighted to to continue working with her beyond my um my cookbook she does a lot of adult projects um and so I'm one of the rare clients on her list who do, who do picture books. And Erin, actually, she mentioned, you know, Eat, Sleep, Poop. That that was my first picture book. And so she, she acquired and published my very first picture book. So it's really nice to be able to have our third book together. Oh, love it. Well, I love it. Um, we need to start talking about your words, though, Alex. These words that... I there are times when I want a picture that the author just like the words just sort of like came to them fully complete and other times um how uh labored some of the words can be to find just the right um the the right string of phrase but regardless of your process I want to start reading some of your words if you don't mind because I think the end result what we have on the page is so beautiful and it's something that um I will look forward to looking children in the eyes while I read to them. Oh, um, awesome. Please. <laughs> it's just pretty. So I, I, I'm recalling what I read on the other episode. So let me, let me read something different. But I'll start <laughs> sort of midway here. We're at the playground. <clears throat> Open doors, rush outside. We will swing. We will slide. We'll have fun side by side. All are welcome here. We're part of a community. Our strength is our diversity. A shelter from adversity. 
All are welcome here. We will learn from each other. Special talents will uncover. There's a big world to discover. All are welcome here. Let me do one more. I can't help it. <laughs> so much to learn, so much to do. And when the busy day is through, can't wait to come back, start anew. All are welcome here. Alex, I'm just going to read you your entire book. <laughs> I love it. It's great. I, <laughs> I love I love hearing things read aloud. <laughs> I would love to know um, how you approached this manuscript. Just a little bit of a peek behind the curtain from Suzanne's poster to finding the story or the the arc, the structure for it. What what did that look like for you? I I think I mean I I feel like in the initial drafting I'd have to go back, but. I seem to recall, I mean, it really did, scrolling through social media, I saw it and I just was immediately inspired. And oh. I think I may have even written the initial draft on my phone, oh, like cool. <laughs> in the dark in my hallway. I've done that <laughs> I before. No idea, like, why I was in the hallway, but like, I felt like the inspiration was there and I just needed to like, you know, let it, let it go. And, yeah. and, um, I just, I, I, I feel like, you know, the the beginnings of it, the words just sort of had came to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in, uh, I think, you know, writing, writing in rhyme is a challenge. And w- whenever I make that choice in my work and whenever I advise clients who are making that choice, I'd say it always has to serve the story, not the other way around. Um, and so, you know, sometimes I'll think of something that comes out in rhyme and then it's a matter of well can I carry the whole story through this way and does it does it work well and um I wanted it to be really fun and joyful to read aloud and I think that you know what what I was trying to do was really distill the essence of what it what all are welcome in a school setting means uh, the many different ways that children are welcome uh, the many different ways they could feel welcome, the sort of the, the, the rhythm and the cycle of, of the day. And, um, from, you know, getting up, going to sleep, going back, because, you know, that's kind of the rhythm of kids lives is getting up for school, going, having your school day, home with your family, and then doing, doing the same the next day. So I wanted it to reflect things that would be familiar to children, Mm. um, and to, just really, I guess, distill the essence of, of, of what a loving, accepting school feels like. That's wonderful. Erin, is that sort of then that, that feeling, the voice that was speaking out to you when you saw this manuscript? Like yeah. When, when you do that baton pass, right? So now we we pass the baton over to you and your role starts on this work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the manuscript needed very little work. I mean, Alex... You probably might remember better than I, but I, I think it was pretty much there. I mean, it was all there, cool. um, and and just the the flow and the the rhythm of the text. It just it just was perfect when it came in. So, you know, that is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> but to tip my hat to Aaron because I feel like as an editor oftentimes like you forget the pains of childbirth and like the things that you 
did to like bring a manuscript into its fullness of itself. Um, I think that the structure was there and um, as Aaron said, it was moving. I, I sent it because I, I felt it was moving, but I, I feel like with, in our discussions, Aaron really encouraged me to, to go a little deeper with the day, with the structure of the day, mm. which I did. And so that like, it just adding in, I can't remember which of the, I'd have to go back through my notes. I can't remember which of the stanzas got added in, but I feel like there um, were several that were added in just to give the flow of the day. I want to say the part about rushing outside the recess, like mm-hmm. there are a number of places like the lunch and the recess, just marking some of the very typical um, time slots in a kid's day to give it even more shape to, so that the flow would, would, would continue. And that was definitely, I think, a, a wonderful addition and contribution to making the, the it feel full and complete and satisfying. Oh, well done, Aaron. Way to have the vision. Way to bring back recess, Aaron. On behalf of children everywhere. <laughs> mm. So you, Aaron, work on a lot of books a year right can yes. I can I just ask you having not often having a chance to speak to editors yeah. how are you able to how how have you found over the 20 years um the successful practices of being able to to devote your mind your focus on the project you're working on and then also knowing when it's time to let that project go and be published and start the next one how have you sort of, you know, fine-tuned those instruments? Well, um, you know, I do work on a lot of books over the course of a year, but um, the books will all, usually they're in different stages. So mm. I might be looking at, you know, very initial sketches for a picture book that are very rough and, you know, in black and white pencil. And, um, and then, you know, I'm also looking at a project where we're about to release it to the printer. So pretty much everything, the text, the art, everything is pretty much final. And you're just checking over every last detail to make sure it's as perfect as it can be. Um, so that helps. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a kind of different process of when you're looking at something that's nearly complete versus something that's in the very beginning stages where yeah. you're still at details or fleshing out the text, that sort of thing. Um and then I think you also have to know your author and your illustrator and, you know, what <laughs> Alex was talking about with agents and how it's like such a personal relationship that you have. It, it, the same goes for um, an author and editor and an illustrator and art director in that, you know, you sort of, you know how far you can push somebody um, before they sort of get fed up and say, I can't do any more with this book. I, you know, I'm <laughs> done. That never happened here. I mean, I think, um, you know, I think the text was so complete when when it came in and, and Suzanne was just willing to go back and back. I mean, it, Martha and I would say, OK, great, you're you're finished. You can go to final art. And she's like, no, I want to do another. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Keep going and going. Her attention to detail is so amazing. I mean, yeah. Um, but but Aaron, Aaron, I do like the idea of thinking like. Uh, Alex, I think this manuscript needs something a little bit more. Can you send over another batch of cookies to help me 
really get some perspective on it. Anytime. Anytime. Well, cool that you're able to keep a number of different projects at different places. Um, Maybe at some points you're almost working on all parts of a book at one time, but they're all different books. (laughs) But, um, but, but to, to have the role of not just editing the text or not just getting the book to where it needs to be, but I'm also hearing uh, how strong that, that relationship role is for you as well, Aaron, to, to, to know the people you work with. I, I am very aware, uh, uh, probably because so many people talk about that relationship with your agent and what it means to have that relationship with your agent. Um, and I'm feeling compelled to tell personal stories, but I will withhold personal stories about my previous agent to say oh. that I understand the the role that that is. But beyond that, I've just heard people sort of just say, oh, yeah, I have a great editor. Oh, I love working with this editor. But I, I don't think I really took in what it means to have that relationship with that editor, mm-hmm. especially over mm-hmm. a series of books, of course you would have a relationship, but it, it's great to hear you affirm that. Yeah, mm. oh, absolutely. Mm. Well, listen, we've covered a lot of ground, but inevitably there's something I forgot to ask or some part of the process you want to share or something. Is there anything, Alex or Aaron, that, that, that you wanted to share about making All Are Welcome that I didn't think of? Well, Alex, I was hoping that you would tell the story about sharing the book in your son's classroom. <gasps> oh, oh yeah. yes, you must, you must. That that was, <clears throat> so I got to visit my son's pre-K class, and um, his class is super diverse, like majority, minority, and just kids from all different backgrounds, so amazing, and the kids were so great, and the exteriors of, of their school are um, <clears throat> inspired, the, the exteriors of the school in the book are inspired by their actual school. And so when I told the kids this, they were so excited. because They're like, that's our school. And so then we started reading the oh, book. Wow. And what was amazing was all of the kids started saying, that's me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, it has the added, like they recognize it's their school, but like seeing a class of like 18, four year olds all saying like, that's me, that's me. <laughs> And um, one of one of his classmates wears a hijab, and and um, when she saw that little girl, uh, everyone in class was like, "Hey, that's you!" And oh. she was freaking out, and she like just the look on her face of like seeing herself in the book. Like she's a really shy little girl, and everyone was so excited to see her there, and um, it just was was really wow. awesome. Um, and for, for all of these little kids to be saying like, oh yeah, that's me, look at me, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and um, it, it just was, it was it was beautiful, and, and the teachers read it aloud, and then the kids wanted to read it like four or five times, and it, it, was, it was amazing. And one of the things that, um, Suzanne and I, you know, really were hopeful with this book is that we wanted 
in the text, uh, something that I wanted and that I really love and gravitate to in books is, is having a white space for the reader, yes. a, an open space that a reader can bring themselves to the text and take from it what they need. Because I think that when a book is written, it now belongs to the reader. And I like in my work for there to be white space that a reader could find themselves in the book and say, like, yes, this is this is me. This is for me. And so that's what I wanted to do with All Are Welcome is really have it be a very open, welcoming text that, you know, telling any child that they're welcome. And what was so lovely with that Suzanne did with the illustrations is she really brought this amazing ensemble cast to life, this beautiful, diverse classroom where there's so many stories happening in the visual narrative that I feel like kids from all different backgrounds are able to see representation, but they're able to bring themselves to the story because the kids are, it's the story is about a group of kids. It's not any particular kid. And so if you're one kid in the class, you can follow yourself um, through the book and feel like this is my story. And I want, it, it, it's really important for me that as, as authors and publishers and um, we work to have greater representation in books and have children be able to see themselves so that they, you know, feel seen and that they feel, I hope, inspired to create their own works and, and share their own stories. Wow. Oh, my word. Okay. There is no better play, way, no better place to wrap up than, than that. That was amazing. I'm so glad that you, as the author, too, got to witness firsthand children seeing themselves in books. Because as a librarian, when a kid sees themselves in any book at all, it is a really, really special thing. And it really makes you feel like your collection is their collection. And so yeah. I'm grateful to know that, that you had that experience and that your book will will help other children see themselves as well and see their classmates that's cool all right so okay thank you thank you both for coming thank you for the thank work you. the focus thank you for the having time. you made this book beautiful and you shared amazing stories too and aaron thank you for making alex tell that story very worth it <laughs> thank uh, you Aaron. <laughs> didn't even come with a bait good and it was good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man the, the callbacks on this episode have been wonderful, delicious callbacks. Um, I'm going to close by um, asking you, Aaron, first this question, then I'll turn to you, Alex. Aaron, I'll see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? Um, I guess my message would be to, and I'm sure you share this message every day with your kids, but to read, 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 read as much as you can, as often as you can, and, and read what you love, whether it's picture books or graphic novels, comics, nonfiction articles, um, novels, whatever it is you love, read. Um, uh, because, you know, without readers we won't have the writers of tomorrow and the artists of tomorrow and um there's a you know to use alex's words there's a big world to discover and you can discover a lot of the world through the pages of books so just keep reading and um and thank you matthew for all of the work that you do i mean just having you read aloud from the book the few stanzas that you read aloud i was completely enthralled so i can imagine how your kids 
react to you when you're standing in front of them sharing a book. It's it's just an incredible experience. And you're making <laughs> the readers of today become the writers of tomorrow. So oh. thank you for all of your work in that. Thank you, Erin. Um, Alex, same question. I'll see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message I can bring to them from you? Absolutely. I, I, I would love for you, you know, to let them know that, as I'm sure you do every day, this is a, your library. This is your space. You're welcome here. These are your books. We hope that as a reader, you'll be inspired to be a writer, that you'll share your stories, and that someday we'll get to read all about the things that are in your heart. This is Darshna Kiani, children's author and book blogger. Want to find out the latest South Asian books and children's literature? Check out www.flowering-minds.com forward slash South Asian Kidlet. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 400 episodes at matthewcwinner.com forward slash podcast. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out with the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed. Before we leave, shout out to my patrons, those folks who are supporting the podcast and helping keep the lights on care of our Patreon page. Thank you, Jenny, Sue, Amy, Kate, Darshna, Nicole, Jarrett, Mike, Link, Anitra, Lynn, Cynthia, Doug, Amanda, Ruth, Lara, Judy, Karina, Teresa, Elaine, and others who are coming with me on this journey. You are all welcome to join us. Just visit patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner and pick the support tier that's right for you. Teamwork makes the dream work, and each of you are helping to provide the tools necessary to make this podcast even greater. Thank you. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.